Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. <sighs> this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, Adam, before we start, yeah. I ran into this girl that used to date you, and she said you were really hot. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, when was this? Are you just trying to make me feel good before the show? <laughs> Whatever. That was my favorite. Now I'm rattled. Who is happened. she? Is she still? Does she still like me? <laughs> I have to know. Your turn. So good. So good. Adam. Oh my god. I'm I rattled. Think you're really, Adam. I think you're really hot. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Good luck, Adam. <laughs> Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, headaches. The World Health Organization reports that half the world's adult population suffered from a serious headache in this past year. Now that Trump is out of office, that number may go down, but still, headaches are nothing to laugh about. Except, wait, we're a comedy show, that's a problem. See, even thinking about headaches is giving me a headache. With us tonight is Dr. Stephanie Nahath, director of the Headache Medicine Fellowship Program at Thomas Jefferson University. Don't take two aspirin and call her in the morning. Let's talk with this headache specialist right now and find out how to deal with that pain in the brain. Plus, mailbag. Personal hygiene edition. Bonnie's showering with the mystery man. She's making guacamole in the back seat. Our listeners have suggestions for cleaning this show up. I'm Adam Felber, the man who tries to keep this show's conversational trigeminal nerve flowing smoothly so that it doesn't swell with excessive digressions and ultimately give our listeners topical headaches. And now, please welcome the woman whose conversational synapses always blow the circuitry, Paula Poundstone! Hey, you guys! So welcome, nice Paula. to be with you. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, and thanks to tonight's house band, my oldest friend in the world, nobody, Jim Ross. Yeah. Jim Ross is back. Actually, he's known as James Ross because he's a maestro. Um, and it sounds fantastic, Jim James. And uh, and thank you so much for doing it. Um, 
a maestro so, now, but back in the day, he's well, he was the guy who would help you bag up your Monopoly game, right? Bag up my Monopoly game? No, no. Wasn't he we, your friend I, who, like, you'd have to pause your Monopoly game so you'd put everything in little bags? No, that was my neighbor, Foster Stroop. No, oh, Jim, Jim and I used to, uh, I mean, we've really known each other for such a long time. We, I, every now and then I would challenge him to a fight. And uh, one time I challenged him to a fight and he was going to use the, we had metal trash cans and he was going to use the trash can lids for a shield. And uh, so I started to cry and ran home. I, I just. <laughs> good, good story. <laughs> I was sensitive. I was very sensitive. <laughs> All right. So, um, Paula, are you ready for the book club? Oh, I am. Are we going right, uh, well, are, are to use Bob, what was it, Bob's Rules again? What was that? Robert's Rules of Order. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, if you've studied Robert's Rules of Order, let's try to abide by them to the best of our ability. Um, I want to yeah, say Bob, that because we Bob's don't always rules. get to the... Yes. Bob's Rules. Bob's Rules. I want you to Bob's know rules. Bob is I'll, not I'll the call boss the of me. <laughs> I'll call the meeting the order in just a second. Uh, I just want to say this week we were tasked with reading chapters um, 29 through 34. And for those of you out there who were worried that this story was going to be a little slow, well, guess what? In those five chapters, we met the captain and they had dinner. Well, six people had dinner. And that's it. And with that, let's let's call this meeting... Of the Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone Book Club to order. President Sushi. Can, uh, President Sushi, may I be recognized by the chair? Did you just what? call me President Sous Vide or something? No, I called you President Sushi because last week you were President Tempura. Yeah, he's pro Tempura. No, I was President to- <laughs> Pro Tem, Bonnie. We haven't even introduced you yet and you're already confusing me. Ladies and gentlemen. From up there in the Simi Valley, this is Bonnie Burns. But let's start with old business. Is there any old business? Order. Yeah, there's. What are you kidding me? Is there old business? Vanity yeah. Camp's Beans. There's an old business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. God sake. Been around forever, I'm telling you. I mean, I mean, old business. Paula, do you have any report from the Treasury? We are in the red. what did you spend our money on well of course i've been planning that trip to landlocked states uh uh for the the book club as we're reading moby dick uh a lot of landlocked states have contacted me wanting us to come there and share with them the bounty of moby dick uh because they know they don't know what it's like to look out across the high seas they don't know from crow's nests or whatever it was they perched themselves on so yeah so i've been planning that trip and of course that's really put us further in the red yeah i mean i i I would wonder whether that is an appropriate use of book club funds for you to book trips around the country (laughs) tennessee (laughs) feels a little little sketchy they begged me (laughs) yeah but they begging you doesn't mean that you get to just run off and buy tickets on our dime well it's too late now uh, so, <laughs> okay. Knoxville, uh, you, we're Knoxville, ahoy! <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> Bonnie Burns in the Simi Valley. Do you have any old business? And do you want to? Uh, and by the way, I will entertain any comments f- about the chapters twenty nine to thirty four of Moby Dick. Okay, 
President Sushi, I'm really glad you called on me because I really enjoyed these chapters. Once again, I was so impressed with Melville's writing. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask the other members of the club, is anybody getting the correlation between Ahab and Trump? And this business of, there's a place in these chapters where Melville writes, it's something about uh, Ishmael saying there was the brains and the muscle, meaning that the white guys on the ship were like the ones that were in charge and calling the shots. And then the other people were like of color, they weren't as well educated, and they were doing all the work. And I couldn't help but think about, you know, kind of how like Trump found this group of people he thought were susceptible, maybe not as well educated to buying into his stuff that had him in charge. They did everything he wanted. Ahab, the crew did everything Ahab wanted. And in the end, he caused their demise and it destroyed the whole little village they'd created. I think there's lots of similarities there. And the other thing is, do you know why Trump gave his speech at CPAC behind a podium. Why is that? <laughs> no. So nobody could so see the, his ivory leg? Yes, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> correct. If you look carefully, watch it on C-SPAN again. If you look carefully, you can see it sort of slide out from behind the podium every so often. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, I do think... I think there are some similarities. So, you know what? I I talked to somebody about this book the other day, and I was saying, you know, there's some chapters that you really could do without that, you know, it's a very slow book. And you know what this guy told me? He said that this was before television, you know, before radio. He said basically people were bored. So when, so they would put up with chapters like that because they didn't have anything else to do. So filler was wasn't filler. It was a, to fill the time. Yeah. Be- right. People were people were clamoring to get to that really lengthy uh, chapter about, you know, w- different kind of whales. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was, so that chapter was on, basically the, the 19th century version of, of Candy Crush. Just something to pass the time. No, but Candy Crush has levels. You can challenge yourself. Right, yeah, I'm that's little, right. I'm I'm a little bit upset that you know that much about Candy Crush. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bonnie now has the pandemic excuse, Paula. Yeah, she couldn't. No, she couldn't have been booking now. your shows anyway. That was years ago. Yeah. Oh, but I wanted so to say busy, one other so thing. much work. I wanted to say one other yeah. thing about the symbolism. I thought that the fact that Ahab's leg was made out of a whale's, the bone of a whale's yeah, from a whale, whale's a mouth, jawbone, was so symbolic, like. You know, the theory was standing on the bone of a whale's mouth, like dominance. And yet, every time he moved, the whale was getting back at him because he made a loud, Ahab made this loud thud. So he also couldn't escape the dominance of the whale. And that he had that scar. You're fantastic, Bonnie. I feel like Melville has found his audience, finally. No, but that also Ahab had that scar that was like a crucifixion because he'd been like crucified by... The whale, I mean, you know, in that way, the writing and the brains behind the writing is really amazing. I did not read the chapters you have about the really whale. The, about you the went deep, of the although whale. I'd have to you... say that Jesus's crucifixion scar was not down the side of his face. Oh, I thought it was. 
you've what was you've really thought this through? <laughs> no, wasn't that no? I thought that was a cross. It was a cross on his cheek, right? That white mysterious white scar. Well, you know who can resolve this for us. You know, it might be. You might be right. You know who can resolve this for us is up uh, over in Sherman Oaks. Yeah, Tony. Tony Anita Hull. <laughs> She's Googling right now. <laughs> Why Tony, what's doing? up with uh, what's up with your uh, your take on um, these chapters of Moby Dick? I can't believe we're actually discussing the chapters. What what did you get from it? I thought we were still on old business, but that's fine. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I got. I wanted to move it along. Um, I got to be honest yeah. with you. I didn't read this week. I did just Google though. Um, no, wait, what, what did you do same, this week? It's not the same, Tony. It's really not the same. <laughs> We're not interested in your Googling. What did you do this week? Um, so I I didn't read the book. I was doing some cleaning out of my home because I threw a lot of things in like cupboards and drawers when I when I moved in, you know, because I hate clutter. But as long as it's sure. hidden, yeah. I'm fine. Um, yeah. So I did that. And then I just found some old just like my own journals and some old cosmos that I read through instead. <laughs> you found old cosmos? Did you learn cosmos? any tips to drive him wild? Old, old Cosmo magazines and some of my old journals and just read those instead. With like naked pictures of Joe Namath or something? Like how old were they? <laughs> no, Joe, I don't. Broadway Joe, Joe tells Namath? all. <laughs> Wasn't he some kind of sports player at some point? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no. He, he played um, sports ball in the late 60s. So, Tony, but you know, Tony got a cat. So, she doesn't have time to do anything anymore. It's and there's true. one cat. One cat, all and you, all of a sudden, she's all, constantly busy. Yeah. All I do is clean up vomit and scoop yeah. the litter box constantly. And <laughs> it, she's just one. He's a big boy, though. He's 20 pounds, as I've said before. So, there's a lot of stuff happening. Tony told me the cutest. She told me the cutest thing the other day. She said he threw up on Friday night. <laughs> I said, Write that down on your calendar, Tony. The, the vet's going to need that. Uh, the idea that she knew when the cat threw up, I thought was just adorable. Uh, well, it's kind of a new cat owner thing, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Yeah, because I got to tell you, Tony, after a while, what you notice is when they're not throwing up. <laughs> because that's the best time to pet them. Yeah, just you know, your life just <laughs> becomes one big like. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, and they yeah. always he always wants to vomit on soft goods. Like I have hardwood floors in my home, but he either jumps on the couch to vomit or walks onto the yeah. carpet to do it. He can't just vomit yeah. on the hardwood. Yeah, you've got He'll learn. the most. You've got the most average cat that there could possibly be. <laughs> that's an aggressively that's average exactly, cat. Yeah. That's exactly know, how they are. Do you know what I did? I taught him to sit, though. Really? What do you mean? Did I, you teach him to sit, or did he eventually get bored and just sit? No, when I, 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 when I tell him to sit, he sits. Try that right now. No, he's laying down. He's sleeping. So, we'll okay. puff him up. <laughs> no. Oh. Oh, are you in that? Are you in that phase of pet ownership where you think, "Oh, he's sleeping. Don't move him." Yeah, I, that you know goes what? away I, too. I really wanted to make a breakfast smoothie the other day, but I didn't want to wake him, so I just didn't make one. Because the, oh the blender's so wow. loud. <laughs> wow, that's a that's a big problem right there. 
Yeah, yeah, so, I love that. You, you, you could not eat for days. Mostly cats do sleep. That's that's mostly what they do. <laughs> so, so keep that so in I mind. I know. Now let's let me segue from cats to another mammal known as whales. <laughs> Paula, do you have anything to uh, say about the chapters we sort of read? I do. So they're off. They're off basically fishing, right? Yeah. And uh, what? Um. So it's uh. Well, of course, I listened to an audio version. So when they started off, um, you could hear. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, fishing music. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Gone fishing. Um, I can't remember. I listened to the book so long ago. Um, I remember the lengthy, unnecessary, um, describing different kind of whales chapter. Um, yeah, we we read I've, that. I I had entirely forgotten. Uh, the nuances of the scar on Ahab. I remember that he had the, the you know, the whalebone leg that's a little, you know, finicky. And uh, and I remember meeting the other characters. But uh, I, you know, I never would have, I never would have noticed all the, the uh, symbolic nuances that Bonnie Burns noticed. Si- I, I just want to say, since we've been reading Moby Dick... Bonnie has become multi-layered, just as yeah. a person. She really has. Her whole, uh, she's just kind of blossomed, I think. Yeah, that's it. Under yeah. the tutelage so now, of, her, of Herman Melville. So now sometimes when I say to her, uh, you know, sometimes I'll just go, fuck you. And then I go, on a certain level. Um, because I don't mean like... <laughs> You know, I don't mean all of, you know, I just mean no, on a no, no. certain level. But on level. a very real symbolic level, Bonnie. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Could yeah, you just great. go, could you just go fuck yourself? But I mean that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let me explain how I mean that. Um, oh, there was something else I was, I was just going to tell you. I, you know, I think that Tony... Um, is doing some some critical thinking within her reading where she keeps comparing it to old cosmos. Yeah, either that or she's just not reading the book. Um, I, yeah. will, I will say this, that we had a chapter on whales, and, and Paula, you asked me, is, is that stuff accurate? And yeah. I got to say, I looked into it, and not only isn't it really accurate, he's, he's outright confessing that this entire scientific chapter on whales isn't really good. Well, he says it's his own conclusions. He doesn't say that he got it from a scientific source. In fact, he says that scientists are sort of saying maybe we should classify the baleen whales and the titi whales differently, but I don't think so. <laughs> and he also yeah. says scientists are sort of saying that maybe we shouldn't call them fish, but I'm calling them fish. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he's a, he's the kind of guy you'd go to for medical advice. Yeah, and then he'd, he'd well, just be making shit up, yep. Yeah. So, um, uh, Bonnie Burns, where this. are we with the T-shirts? Well, Tony's looking into what they're going to cost us. <laughs> I, I am. Yeah. Remember, right, our, order. Remember, I just order. Show. That would be that would be new business. Tony, what is the uh, wait? I the, uh, Deal I with forgot. the T-shirts. Whoa, I didn't remember, do it. We're using Bob's rules. Remember our meeting on Wednesday. Our great I do. meeting. 
On Saturday? Oh, Saturday. Yeah. yeah. Bonnie no, remembers it as a Wednesday. It was that special to her? It, um, yeah. Yes. But Tony, it was the day was after the cat it. threw up. You remember. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I think she was busy reading all those headlines in Cosmo, like how to bring a guy to arousal the first when you've only, that's the first time you've been with him in bed. <laughs> oh. Bonnie, that is no, wait, wait, that is the least plausible Cosmo article title ever. It wouldn't matter if it was the first time you'd been in bed together. That, Bonnie, you were improvising. Yeah. Right. No, 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 no. <laughs> She's reading that article. This is what drew her attention. Hold on. That article with the headline, uh, what Moby Dick chapter to read to make your man wild. <laughs> That's a good one. So that what, one's more plausible been, than Bonnie's. I know she's when, been reading because, Cosmos, but they've all been, you know, related. You know, um, here's one. The, so yeah, go ahead. What to wear to work to get that promotion? That's a good one, Tony. Yeah, you're the arbiter of all things Cosmos. Is that a plausible Cosmo article title? Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> See. <laughs> Should you install mirrors in your bedroom? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> that might be a tip within an article, but that's not. Oh, yeah, that's I can't true. see a whole Cosmo right. article on You're that. You're right. <clears throat> I I think it says a lot about us that we would prefer to talk about possible Cosmo um, <laughs> article titles than Moby fucking Dick. <laughs> yeah. No, Tony. Tony. Tony, do you remember that article, Point Ahab Towards Your Equator? Do you remember that article? <laughs> what to nail to his mast? <laughs> what to say Dar when she the harpoon blows, comes out? How to do out. it without teeth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we could do this for a long time. How to get him interested? We if have he's to not. do the Cosmo edition of, of Moby Dick. <laughs> how, how, did you did you say how to get him interested if he's not? Yeah. Oh, the answer is chum, chum. Oh, chum. <laughs> chum. Fantastic. Um, yeah. um, all right. So there we are with all the new business. I want to add that our absentee president, uh, Kevin Nozevnik, remains in Brooklyn, but he wired me this message. Yes, wait, wait. What's your I union? have another. I have another. I have another article from. There's the dear Cosmo. The dear Cosmo letters. Oh yeah. Dear Cosmo, Quee uh-huh. Quee doesn't seem to know I'm alive. Um, that that Quee <laughs> Quee doesn't. Quee Quee has eyes for only Ishmael. Um, oh gosh. Here's one about uh, Stub. Right. How to tell your second mate about your first mate. <laughs> how to prepare your hard biscuits that's a <laughs> how to make his biscuits hard <laughs> come on if I can think like a Cosmo writer you can too everybody oh, oh god <laughs> alright what does Ken that say was, uh, uh, he... Herman Melville's Cosmo that was uh, a rare edition that Tony has Herman yeah. Melville's Cosmo 
I really think we ought to we ought to write more Cosmo titles and make an entire Cosmo edition of Moby Dick. Or it could be different movies. Yeah. It could be different books. Yeah. Well, as long as we're reading Moby Dick, let's try to make it germane. We're going to read Moby Dick forever for the rest of our our lives. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're stuck on this voyage. Fifty ways to Moby his dick. (laughs) I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Adam, answer the phone. What? Oh no! I know what this is about. God damn it! Hello. Hey, uh, it's me. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, it's me, Mike. Bobo Mike. It, man. That was so fucking great. 50 yeah, ways. Yeah, classic, right, Mike? To Moby's yeah. d- dick. I love I loved that. You, 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 tell us what. Tell us what. <laughs> tell, us, tell us one of the ways. I'm not going to tell you one of the ways. It was just a suggested title, Mike. I, I don't want to stay in this territory <laughs> all that time. It's fucking great, man. It's fucking great. Moby is yeah, dick. Get it? Yeah. yeah no, I, it? I told the joke. I get it, Mike. <laughs> oh, man. You're, you're, I just love you, man. You, the stuff you say it just cracks my ass. Honestly, God, it does. It just cracks my ass. <laughs> yeah, 50, 50 ways to... To Mobius Dick. That's a lot of Thank- ways. Let's just face it. That's a lot of ways. <laughs> yes, yes, Mike. It is a lot of yeah. ways. Um, yeah. I thanks of, for. I uh, thought of like four. I thought of like four ways to Mobius Dick. But man, you come up with fifty ways. You sure you're not? Can I hear yours? One? No, I didn't really uh, come up with fifty, but I'd love to hear. After the game, when we hang out after the game, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the way. You plus, man, I'm not moving your dick. What are you talking about? Are you goofy? Uh, what? Oh man, you you were the that. best. You were just the best. Uh, well, thanks for calling, Mike. Uh, I, me and Paula have to get back to the show. Wait, you still working with that girl? Yeah, Paula Poundstone. <laughs> this is it. Oh, Name man, above I the title. Fu- I don't know how you stand that girl. She's such a bitch. Hey, I, hey, uh, hey, hey, Mike. We've talked about this before. You will not uh, talk about my co-host Paula Poundstone that way. Yeah, uh, I don't. She doesn't deserve to be on the same mic with you. She doesn't. She doesn't be. She doesn't deserve to read the same novel with you. Oh, you know my, what I mean? Oh, Mike, All right, Mike, I gotta I'm go. gonna hang up. Okay. I know, man. I gotta go. I got. I gotta go. Uh, I got. Thanks uh, for calling. I got last. I got last stuff I gotta do. All right. I'll talk. I'll talk <laughs> to you later, man. We'll hang out after the game. Love you. Good. Good talking to you, man. You're, you're great okay. Guy. Great guy. I fucking love okay. that guy. I do. Okay, hang up the phone, Mike. Wow. All right, um, see ya. See ya, man. Take care, Mike. <laughs> I'm if I'm not mistaken, Mike said love you at the end of that conversation. <laughs> I do, man. I love you. That's why I said that. <laughs> hang up the phone, Mike. <laughs> All oh right, I'll talk. I'll talk. Yeah, I think I might have butt tiled you. Get it? All right, I'll talk to you later. I get it. <laughs> Um. <laughs> all right. Uh, so here's Kenneth Zebnik's opinion. Uh, nailed gold doubloon to mainmast of my apartment. Stop. Landlord not happy to have coin nailed to apartment intercom. Stop. Called me the Fulton Frankfurter King. Stop. Oh, I see. It's in Telegram form. And um, yeah, he sent you a Telegram. Yeah, he sent me a Telegram. All right, this is troubling on a couple of levels. Number one, Ken got the chapter numbers that we were supposed to read wrong because the nailing to the mast happens in the next chapter, I believe. 
Oh, oh, it's foreshadowing. Ken's uh, telegram was foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, get, given that, I feel like we're 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 all dicked out at this point. So, unless there's <laughs> any other business, I'm going to call this meeting to a close. Are there any other motions on the floor? Let's use. Uh, oh, uh, uh, are there motions on the floor? What are you kidding me? You should see me, um, Adam. <laughs> yes. I'm writhing. Um, I have a word. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you have a word. Great. And then I hereby call this meeting of the book club to a close. Bob's Bob's rules. Adam's using Bob's rules. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Paula. Yeah. Much as I love to hear you noodling around before you sing the uh, vocabulary song, do you have a word? I do. Oh my gosh, how'd you know? Adam, I have a word. It's insensate. It's an Ooh. adjective that means lacking sympathy or compassion, unfeeling. Here, I'll use it in a sentence. Some listeners have felt that I am insensate to Tony's Googling problem. <laughs> a good use of I'm it. I'm not. I'm just I'm just honest with Tony that she has a googling Jones. All right, right. let's let's back it into the vocabulary song. I don't think I've ever played it right ever. No. Nope. Um, this sure week's haven't. word is insensate. It's an adjective that means lacking sympathy or compassion, unfeeling. Get up and do all my chores even though you're still healing. Last week's word was assiduous. It's an adjective that means showing or done with thoroughness and great care. Like how I carefully backcomb my hair. The week before that, the word was lubber. It's a noun that means a heavy, clumsy, stupid person. Once you've called a friend that, your relationship may worsen. And going back before that, the word was ubiquitous. It's an adjective that means present, appearing, or found everywhere. So many men are growing facial hair. And not long ago, we had a streperous. <coughs> it's an adjective that means noisy and difficult to control. Mo won't stop barking at people when they stroll. <laughs> Let's never forget Gallimaufry, which Paula Poundstone pronounced wrong until nobody, James. Hider corrected her. It's a noun that means confused jumbler medley of things. Hodgepodge, who's podge, hodgepodge. Adam doesn't think my song is replicable, replicable, replicable. But I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. Yeah, Despite the fact that you seem to have uh, uh, slipped into the third person there for the penultimate line of the song, that was a really great rendition. What? What? what where, where did I slip into? Gallimaufry. You uh, did it in the third person, uh, somewhat like the I way did, Miss Nancy I? did last week. Yeah. Let's never forget Gallimaufry, which I pronounced wrong until nobody, James Hyder, corrected me. It's a noun that means confused jumbler medley of things. Hodgepodge. Who's podge? Who's podge? Hodgepodge. <laughs> Oh, now oh, I feel like right. it's complete. I did, I did slip into yeah. the third person. I do that sometimes now, though, because I just want more respect. Okay. <laughs> well, you, well, you know, he does it too. 
Coming up, Mark yeah. Twain said, do not undervalue the headache. While it is at its sharpest, it seems a bad investment. But when relief begins, the unexpired remainder is worth $4 a minute. Adjusted for inflation, that's a lot of relief. We'll find out more about headaches. That's next on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. <laughs> Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of a midsummer night's dream okay and i played i played peter quince there there's the connection one of the mechanicals that's a great connection also yes has nothing to do with this which is that um quince is an online clothing store and as you know paula i've uh, i've lost a little weight lately oh right 75 pounds yeah so i literally have no clothes that are in my size until i just ordered some stuff at quince and i figured like here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself a whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i I think my eyes closed they're so it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they're European. Keep that in mind. Uh, oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. Of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. Quince sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway. Use our code. 
Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress with my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. 
Hey, listener, it's Zach Harper, Amin Al-Hassan, and Anthony Mays of Cinephobe. You may be asking yourself, what is Cinephobe? Amin, would you like to fill in the people? Cinephobe is the podcast where Zach and I watch movies that are poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes and try to ascertain... Oh, we're trying to well. ascertain? Yes. Okay. Ascertain. Whether or not they're accurately poorly rated, or maybe they didn't get a fair shake. Cinephobe, produced by this guy, Anthony Mays. Hey, that's me. I produced this show. I also watched the movies, even though that wasn't included in the description, and I also ascertained. This month is... Wow! Oh, oh, Maze, why'd you say that? Supercharge it. (laughs) So that this promo can remain evergreen. I feel like explaining a little bit more. In 60 seconds? I don't know. Maybe I don't bring attention to it. Assuring people like, look, if you listen, you're going to get it. Just give it give it time. That's a good promo. Just listen to it. Give it time. You'll figure it out. Is this the promo right now? Isn't it? Okay, I think we got it. Cinefo. Wherever you get podcasts. Nice. Now coming to the plate, Paula Poundstone. On this day in unremarkable history, Chinese Emperor Jean Shi Wong said, and Mexico will pay for it. <laughs> Thank you, house band Jim Ross. Hey, Paula Poundstone. You've been trying to figure out what to do about this headache, huh? Yeah, yeah. They're ubiquitous, headaches are. Uh, and yet I I have no, you know, take some Advil, comes back again. I don't know. So, so, so well, we are, we are fortunate. fortunate enough to have an expert on headaches on the phone. <laughs> Dr. Stephanie Nehas is an associate professor at Jefferson University and director of their Headache Medicine Fellowship Program, which is pretty on the nose for your question, Paula. Please welcome Dr. Stephanie Nehas. Yay! Yay! Welcome, Doctor. I feel like Thank we, sh- you. we shouldn't be too loud just in case we give her a headache. Um, so yes, welcome. Th- thank you so much for, for being here. Um, d- do, should we call you Stephanie or should we call you Dr. Nahas? Is it Nahas? It's Nahas. Nahas. At, at least that's the Americanized version oh. of my name. Oh, why is it? Um, what, what's its origins? It's Lebanese. Oh, I didn't realize. So yes. should I, so should we call you Dr. Thomas? <laughs> Actually, it, it means coppersmith. So, if you want to call me Doctor Coppersmith, uh, oh, I know. No. Okay, <laughs> who just pulled a Danny Thomas Lebanese joke out of the air? I think yeah, I did. Right. I'm impressed. Yeah, I am impressed. And that's I about all the time we have. But we'd like to thank Doctor Stephanie <laughs> Nahas for coming down to our show. Thanks. I'm here all second. <laughs> Can you see, um, Doctor Nahas, why I get a headache? Um, let me ask you this. How many different causes of headaches, and I mean outside of Adam, do you think there are? <laughs> I, I, I remember there used to be this pain reliever commercial on TV where a woman, you know, for her whole head in the screen looking miserable, and a voiceover talked about a pounding headache and then a throbbing headache and, and a whole different variety of headache pain descriptions. Honestly, it gave me a headache just watching it. Do you have a list of adjectives for patients to describe their headache pain? 
You know what? There are innumerable causes for headaches. There's lots of different types. There's lots of different ways to describe them. And they have lots of different biological and neurological reasons for them. But let's let's start with the imagery that you just described. This woman who is got this pounding, throbbing headache, and she's in misery. Oh, woe is me with her hand to her forehead and her kids are screaming and the the dishwasher is overflowing. You know, any number of these catastrophes that are having all because this poor woman is having a headache attack and she just can't deal, she can't function. And you know what, that really underscores one of the things that bothers me about the perception of headache and especially migraine in this country. Wow. It's a common condition for humans, but we often use it to blame people for the way that they behave and, and the way that they can't behave, the way that they maybe can't participate in social activities, in their job, at home, et cetera. There's a huge stigma associated with, with headache and especially migraine because it is a women's disease. Migraine affects women three times more commonly than men. Wow. And most common, yes, most commonly affects women of productive age, reproductive age, and of working age oh, in I this country. Yeah. Fif- people between that. the ages of 15 and 49, it's the number one cause of years lived with disability. Well, they're not all it- migraines though, right? No, no. Migraine is the most common reason that a person goes to the doctor for headache. But the more common, quote, normal headache, a a tension type headache, is what most people are more accustomed to experiencing, the the so-called normal headache, the Excedrin headache, the Tylenol headache, right? Mm -hmm. Migraine is way more than just a headache. First of all, besides just a side-splitting headache, you have sensitivity to light, sensitivity to noise, odors. You you may be nauseated. You may be vomiting from, from the pain. Your neck may be stiff. Your brain may be foggy. You may be blinded by flashing lights and and, and flickering lights in Gee, your vision. You may have the entire dumbness. House of Usher kind of thing happening. You could be oh, blinded yeah. by light. Could you be yes. rev, revved up like a deuce? Yes. You mean the rumor in the night, Paula? <laughs> we, we, we have a whole separate ICD-10 code for that one. Um Blinded, but you just can't hear yes. those words and not think of that song. Um, no, absolutely not. <laughs> all right. So, uh, and do they know what causes that? It's a neurobiologic disorder. It's it's like, you know, people always ask me when they come to see me in the office, why am I having these headaches? What is the cause? Mm-hmm. You, you got to find, you got to do all the tests to find out what is the cause. And I'm like, no, you know, most of the time we don't have to do all the tests. Most of the time, we don't have to do any of the tests. What? We just have, yes, we just have to talk to you. And if you tell us that your symptoms are consistent with this human experience of migraine, which affects 12% of the population, over 1 billion people on this planet. Yikes. We say, yes, you know what? You have migraine. Any number of things might trigger an attack, but the cause is in your biology. Your brain is special. Your brain has the ability to shift into this state, which to me is fascinating, but to you, it's it's devastating. I get it right. because you can't function, you, you're in pain, you can't look at lights, you can't listen to the TV or the radio. You have to lie down because every single move that you make makes everything worse. Maybe your bowels are rebelling against you. Yikes. Uh, maybe... 
Yeah, I mean, all kinds of things. You might be seeing strange things. You might be feeling strange things. Your speech might be off. You might be speaking in nonsensical tongues. Your your head may be feel like it's on fire. It may feel like somebody's pounding you with a sledgehammer. It might feel like there's a hot poker going through your eyes. Okay, okay. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And so so they go to you and you say, we're not going to do any tests. All right. And you just say, and basically they just join join the club, right? You say, well, we don't have to do the test. You just answer some questions or you just talk to me about it. And then they're in the club and, and they get a sash and some badges if they get these different symptoms. So what can you do about it then? Well, there's lots of things we can do about it. But I mean, the first order of business, though, you have to take a very detailed history. You have to do a good physical exam, including testing all the neurologic functions to make sure that nothing is unexpectedly abnormal. Mm -hmm. Because if it is, or if anything that that person is telling you about their headache sounds a little weird, then you do need to do tests. Oh, okay. Not, Not all of the tests, but you have to pick the correct tests based on what you suspect is going on. Well, okay. So let's, for the time being, anyways, move away from migraines because it's such an ordeal. Um, but, but but what about <laughs> what about other kinds of headaches? You know, we you were saying that they're they're in different parts of your head and they're caused for you know for different reasons, right? Um, mm-hmm. Do you uh, how do you narrow down the cause, or how does one narrow down the cause? Or, or perhaps we should say the diagnosis, the type of headache that it is. Yeah, but I think we, that's we what you mean say when that. you say cause. That's, yeah, I didn't sure. go to med school, but I'm happy yeah, to say uh, that. Yeah, well, yeah. you start with, with with simple questions. You know, again, ascertaining the the properties and the qualities and the pattern of the headache. Sure. You know, you can ask somebody: Are are you sensitive to light? Do you have to stop what you're doing? And does it make you sick when you have a headache? Mm-hmm. If they say yes to two or three of those things, they probably have migraines. Damn it, but you're back course. to migraines. I saw I saw yeah. where you were going. You were slowly yeah. circling back <laughs> around to migraines. You're paid by big migraine. I feel it. I am. I am. <laughs> well, it's mostly what we see. I, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, now, I get headaches from weird things. You know, like I get headaches from crying. Uh, from crying a lot, and not that I cry a lot, but on the occasion in which I do. Uh, and I also get headaches from not crying. Have you ever heard of that before? I, I've heard that, and I've heard more. And, you know, I'm sure it, in there somewhere there's some joke about saline and psychological instability, but I'll leave the comedy to you. Oh, well, they're probably- <laughs> well you know, I, as author of the big book of saline jokes, I, I could step in here, but I'm going to not. <laughs> But why would that give you a headache, either crying or not crying? Emotions and emotional factors certainly play in heavily to headache and and, and migraine in particular. I know paid by big migraine, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, migraine is mostly what we see uh, Uh in clinical practice. Now, when when you speak about crying specifically, crying involves not just emotional uh, circuitry within the brain, but also autonomic circuitry within the brain. The autonomic system is what controls those things we don't think about, uh-huh. like our breathing and our heart rate and the moisture in our skin, how much we might sweat, how the tears in our eyes, how moist our eyes are, how uh-huh. moist our nasal passages are, right? right? So when we become emotionally charged, then the autonomic nervous system that makes tears turns on, and that's interacting with the emotional circuitry. 
So, and, and tearing and, and sinus congestion and sinus symptoms can be part of headache syndromes too. So when, when you turn these circuits on, they sort of activate each other mm-hmm. and then they can become like reverberating circuits, like, like, like this vicious cycle. So the and key is to not do anything this, with your head. Yeah. <laughs> Try to not have your head respond in any way. I mean, I can cure anybody's headache instantly. I just have to take their head off. This is true. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. What about this? Okay, have you ever heard of this? I get headaches from constipation. Have you ever heard of that? I have heard of people who say I get headaches from all kinds of things. Uh-oh. Now, what I might say in your particular circumstance is you might not be getting headaches from constipation. You might be getting constipation from your headache problem. Oh, snap, no, Paula. Definitely not. Definitely not. It's the other way around. But I but why why are the two related in any way? Because the headache part of it is just one. Because piece you have of the your head up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, he's here's another very easy solution. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> How to answer the phone. Um, okay. <laughs> we focus on the headache, but that's not when the attack begins. The attack begins when the changes in the brain first start happening. Right. The hypothalamus controls some of our uh, basic functions like, like hunger and, and sleep and our response to light and dark cycles, etc. So we, we postulate that at the very beginning of an attack, there are some changes that happen in the hypothalamus, which can lead to some symptoms like yawning or craving certain foods or mood changes, uh, urinating too much or changes in bowel habits. And so what you might be experiencing is hypothalamic activation in a way that changes your bowel function, but that's just a warning sign that Mm -hmm. pretty soon here comes the headache. And that can be... That can be hours to even days later. Sneaky. I gotta say, that is a really lousy. Um, it's a really lousy warning sign, because uh, yeah, you know, if it. you don't know that it's a warning, right? Then, I yeah. mean, a warning sign needs to be connected to what we understand. Like, for example, you know, you you learn the red light when you're a little kid, um, but if um, changes in your digestive system are a warning sign that a headache is coming, that's not a good warning sign. Well, it's like all those dashboard lights, right? We don't know what they mean. Right. We don't know what they mean. (laughs) All right, an Armenian proverb tells us, a pain in the foot is soon forgotten, a pain in the head is not. Stay tuned to find out more about why headaches are memorable. The Cat of the Week is Tunsis from Sauk Center, Minnesota. And we're back with Dr. Stephanie Nahas, uh, Dr. Uh, how you feeling? I'm feeling great. I'm headache free. <laughs> oh, well, that's good to know. Hey, there's a good question. What do you do when you get a headache? When I get one, I try to resist taking medication because I'm a terrible patient like most doctors. 
But I'm also like most people who experience headache. They don't want to have to take something for it because they're afraid they're going to get used to it or they're going to be taking too much or somebody's going to yell at them. You know, there are things (laughs) that you can do to alleviate the attack once it starts. Rest, relax, hydrate, warm up or cool down, whatever you feel you need to do. Maybe a little self-massage of the neck and shoulders, some soothing aromatherapy, just, you know, kind of treat yourself, mm-hmm. right? And, and make sure that you're not exposing yourself to anything that's going to make it worse. There comes a point where you have to take some medicine and, and that medicine is an individual decision that should be up to you and in consultation with your doctor. Mm-hmm. I went through a period where I, I had a headache every day. And, and then I would take, you know, get up in the morning and take Advil. And then finally I figured out, I forget how many Advil I took a day, but a lot. And I finally figured out that um, it was the only time I drank water was when I, when I took Advil. And so I just tried as an experiment not taking Advil um, and just drinking water when I felt a headache instead. And you know what? It worked. I mean, it doesn't mean I never get headaches and I never take Advil. I still do sometimes. But that like constant, like daily problem, I didn't drink enough water. The, the brain yeah. is so damn weird. Is there? Yeah. Uh, and I'm not blaming you, but the brain is weird. Um, I don't think she think you were blaming her. No, I'm not blaming you, it doctor. But the didn't brain, sound like you were. I didn't think so until now, but now you know, it feels weird. I feel that you're. I feel that you're on the side of the brain, and and I yeah. feel that most of our brains are against us. Here's a question: How could Ted Kennedy be awake during his brain surgery? If if I can get a, a headache from congestion or loud noise, wouldn't I get a headache from someone poking around inside my brain with sharp tools? Well, if you were awake while they were getting in there, yes, but the brain itself is what we call insensate. It doesn't sense pain. Oh my the gosh. Itself, yeah. <laughs> That's today's vocabulary word. Oh my gosh. Wow, yeah. That's bizarre. It's everything that surrounds the brain and the blood vessels inside the brain that can feel pain. And it's those structures that are sending signals to the brain itself that allow you to perceive the pain. But if you just poke the brain, nothing's going to happen. You're not going to feel it. You might have other symptoms. So like, let's, get, Gross. Let's, get, let's get back to Ted Kennedy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you name it because the brain does everything. So for, for somebody like Ted Kennedy, who had a brain tumor, they had to operate on it. It was in a part of his brain that was nearby structures that could subserve speech and understanding of speech. Oh, I remember oh, this now. Yeah. Reading. Uh, motor function, sensory function, etc. So when you have somebody that you need to operate on them, but the place that you have to operate on is what we call high-priced real estate. <laughs> what you, you want to do is you you put them to sleep, you open them up while they're anesthetized so they don't feel all of that cutting of the skin and drilling ah! through their skull and sawing the bone open. And Not fun. Once, no. Once you get everything exposed, though, you can wake them up And then you can start to try to operate on them, take out the tumor or do whatever it is. But you keep talking to them, right? And and, and so Teddy was saying things like, ah, no, now I can't feel my arm. 
Right. My arm has exactly. no feeling. <laughs> so you have him, you know, read four score and seven years ago. You know, you just have him reading that while you're doing that. And as soon as he goes, blah, 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 you know, all right, we need to stop. Yeah, then you know you've touched on the, the bad yes. communication part. And let me just wow. say blah, blah. Wow. Yes. Again, the brain is just plain weird. Um, hey, do animals get headaches? <laughs> it's funny that you ask that because we postulate that maybe they do. There were, was many years ago, um, a, a colleague in the field had postulated that her dog was experiencing migraine attacks based on the behavior of the dog. Because we, when humans, when they get a migraine attack, they wanna retreat, they wanna stop being active, they don't wanna be bothered with light or noise or sound. And this, this doctor's dog, this woman's dog, would just sometimes all of a sudden go into this state and it was postulated that maybe that happens. And so we think that, you know, just like dogs and cats, they can get maladies similar to what humans experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, can be, they can become depressed. They can become anxious. I mean, we know this is true. Maybe they get migraine as well. We just can't talk to them. And that's part of what's difficult in doing research in headache and migraine is you don't know when a lab rat has is having a migraine attack they're already sensitive to light they can't vomit because they're just physically incapable of doing it so you can't really test them this is why you have to open up their brains and put electrodes in there and read their brains. I mean, you absolutely have doing to. things to them. Yeah, you actually have to for, for animals and you have to measure the chemicals and see <laughs> mm-hmm. what's happening with their blood vessels. And this is how we learn about what we think is going on in the brain during migraine. Wow. And do a lot of rats want to remain awake while you do the, <laughs> it's like Ted Kennedy. I, I think exactly zero of them do. Yeah. Um, now let me ask you this. I can't uh, smell cheese anymore. <laughs> if there's, I see the cheese, but I can't smell it. Maybe stop that. How do you not? You okay? I have to tell you that your Kennedy, your Kennedy rat is a little more like FDR rat. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We have nothing That's to fear, all. but unnecessary <laughs> cranial surgery. All politicians all right, are so rats. When headaches are in a different part of your head, does it does it mean different things? Sometimes it does, but, but sometimes it doesn't, you know, for, for example, there are certain headache and and facial pain syndromes where the pain tends to be in a specific location. There, there's a nerve in the back of your head called the occipital nerve. And when that gets inflamed or irritated, you tend to have pain right at the back of your head and it shoots forward over the top and towards your eye. And if you touch that part of the back of your head, it makes the pain get worse. Yeah. Migraine can be anywhere. Tension type headache can be anywhere. You know, the lo- so the location doesn't always help us, but but sometimes the location does mean something. It might mean that there's a pinched nerve in the neck, for example, in the upper part of the neck. If there's a pinched nerve, you tend to have pain in the forehead and the eye. If it's in the middle or the lower part of the neck that you have a pinched nerve, the pain tends to be more in the back of the head. So sometimes the location helps us, but not always. I'll tell you where location is very important. It's business. Location, location, location. location. Yeah. High-priced real estate. <laughs> All right. Here, here. I have one more question, which is, what is the best way to cure a common headache? Well, now define common headache for me. Uh, damn it. Damn it. Damn it, you're taking the brain side again. Let's say attention um, headache, maybe, because it sounds like that's a very common headache. 
Okay. All right. The, the yes, the most common headache is going to be tension type headache. Okay. Where it's it's just pressure, it's all over the head. It might have a slight throbbing character to it, but it generally doesn't interfere with function. You don't feel sick to your stomach, sensitive to light, noise, and all that other business. Okay. Mine has a you, samba beat. Is that is that helpful? Uh <laughs> if you're into that, yeah. yeah. So you, like I said, you, you before, might just want to ask Tito Puente to either pay the rent or move out. <laughs> you, in that circumstance, that yeah, you just want to treat yourself. What, whatever makes you feel good, you do it. But what, what's your recommendation? You typically something that you can get over the counter. You know, a simple analgesic, as we call it. Um, some kind of just garden variety painkiller like acetaminophen, ibuprofen, naproxen, et cetera. Though that's typically first line treatment for these common garden variety tension type headaches. Mm-hmm. Now, tension type headache can get to the point where it's bothersome and it needs more expert advice because you can't be taking those kinds of things more than two or three days a week mm-hmm. because you'll get into what we call rebound headache. And that when you realize that maybe I should just drink water instead of drinking water and also taking an Advil, mm-hmm. you probably were addressing two problems at once. Number one, you weren't drinking enough water. Number two, you were taking too much Advil and giving yourself rebound headaches from overexposure to the mm-hmm. Advil. That's just a theory. That's just a possibility. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we I mean, see that happen so much where people just, they start eating this stuff like candy mm-hmm. and you got to tell them, look, stop the madness. You, you, you just have to, it's, it really is stuff. You have to get off that cycle. It's not working, right? So why do you keep doing it? Just cut it off. And that can right, be very yeah. difficult for somebody to do. And that's when we have to shepherd them through the process of dealing with that headache attack in different ways that they're not always reaching to swallow a pill or uh, to do something more healthful for themselves. It's also important to, to, to re-examine what your lifestyle is, what your environment is, and see what you can tweak and tune to make it more healthful. Improve your, your diet, improve your hydration, exercise more regularly, make sure you're getting good relaxation activities, recreational activities, make sure that you're not hunched over at the computer for eight to 10 hours a day. You, you know, know sure what? You, you doctors breaks. are always like, oh, take better care of yourself and you'll feel better. <laughs> yeah, so annoying, honestly. isn't it? Yeah, they've got a lot of nerve. That's, that's, um, that's she's exactly. totally on the side of the brain. I just feel Well, it. as a neurologist, um, I have to have a lot of nerve. <laughs> Neurology joke. <laughs> well, this was so helpful. Thank you yes. very, very much. Dr. Stephanie Nahas. Now, now, thanks for clearing this up, but we now have to take that information that you've given us and run it through the old Poundstonator, which is a very complex machine, not unlike the brain. Paula? All right. Uh, Maestro James Ross, our house band on the French horn tonight. Um, can you, can you, and my oldest friend in the world, can you give us... Um, some background music, and I will tell you what the old Poundstonator spit out. Patient, I have a terrible headache. Doctor, is it a pounding kind of a headache pain? Patient, no, it's more of a... Doctor, is it a squeezing kind of a pain? Patient, no, no. Uh, Doctor, is it like a wah-wah pain? Does it come in waves? Patient, no, it's just one solid pain. Doctor, is it behind your eyes? Patient, one eye really fucking hurts. Doctor, is, is it on one side? Patient, yes, one side, from the back of my head, all the way forward. 
doctor, did it come on gradually or all at once? Patient, all, all at once, just like, shoop, boom, fucking killer headache. Doctor, maybe it was environmental. What, what were you doing at the time? Patient, I was catching a javelin. Doctor, well, that explains that pole going through your head. Patient, so I did catch it. <laughs> she is an associate professor in the Department of Neurology at Thomas Jefferson University in Philadelphia, PA, and director of the Headache Medicine Fellowship Program. Dr. Stephanie Nahas, thank you so much for coming on our show. Yay! It was wonderful. Stephanie, thank you. And thank Dr. You, Nahas, this you. was so helpful. I'm sure the nobodies are going to get a lot of pain relief from this. Thank you very, very much. My pleasure. And thank you again so much for having me. It's it's an honor to have this opportunity to speak to the nation. <laughs> there they are. Or some of the nation. And Moldova. Coming up, Mailbag Personal Hygiene Edition. Nobody's think they know who was in the shower with Bonnie Burns. Let's find out if they were right. That's coming up right after this. <laughs> Fun fact, men are 23% more likely to be left-handed than women and 86% more likely to think that fact is interesting. <laughs> hey, everybody, it's time for Mailbag Personal Hygiene Edition. This is a pretty okay, exciting well, thing wait, for me. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, we just Adam. came back, Bonnie. You want me to wait? No, I know, I know. But I thought it would be cool if we had a theme song for this. Uh, for the personal hygiene mailbag. edition of Mailbag? Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't it. Mailbag. So so I have one. Do you want to hear it? Yes. Uh, if it's going to supplant Paula's theme, I'm all ears. Okay. Here it is. <laughs> mailbag. Get ready. Get ready. I have to cue it up. Come, let's practice good hygiene. Let's keep our bodies clean. We will all be so healthy. What the hell was that, Bonnie? <laughs> Didn't you hear it? Come, it's, let's practice it, good it hygiene. It sounded like happy Japanese so cartoon music. Did you hear the lyrics? I couldn't really hear the lyrics. It's, but it did sound oh. like it was something from a Speed Racer episode. Um, yeah. The cartoon that you got it off of, Here. did the mouths move yeah. at the same time as the song? <laughs> okay, wait. Try it again. Here, I'll okay. sing along. Okay. Come, let's practice good hygiene. Let's keep our bodies clean. We will all be so healthy. I don't know on what planet you decided this would be a useful addition to our show, but God damn it, Bonnie. What I really want to know is, Bonnie, how did, how did you come across that song? How did I find it? Yeah. I Googled. You Googled songs about hygiene? (laughs) Yeah. And then thought, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to play it over my phone for Paula and Adam as a theme song. 
<laughs> no, and in editing will make it probably better quality. Oh, I'm going to tell you like now. This. In in editing, it's still going to suck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I want to stick with our old theme song, Mailbag. Oh wait, hold on. I put I put it aside for because from... this this is our new theme song for our new edition, Mailbag. Hygiene edition. Yeah, it was a. Um, <laughs> you know what would have what would have been great? I think Bonnie is when you listen. It's when you listened to the song. If yeah. it had inspired you to bathe, that would be good. Just <laughs> you, you listen to the song and then you jump in the shower. I think that was the purpose of the song when they wrote it. Not <laughs> not. Let me play this to be Paula. our theme song. Okay, now uh, let, moving forward because God knows we have to. Mailbag. Hygiene edition. Hygiene edition. Nobody wrote it. Nobody's wrote us about Captain Crinker and Crinkle and her shower partners. But we're going to start with what nobody, Allison G, termed our most concerning euphemism. Tony Nito. Oh, I don't know what you mean by that. Would you share that? Of course. So this is when Bonnie was in the Trader Joe's parking lot recording the show. From there, um, right. So this was this was Allison's most concerning euphemism. Paula said Bonnie is, quote, making guacamole in the, quote, back seat. I just want Bonnie to know that her, quote, guacamole may not be precious to the world, but it should be precious to her. Okay, so the implication here is that Bonnie was using making guacamole as a as a as a metaphor, as a as a euphemism for something else. Yeah. That I had <laughs> diarrhea? That I had diarrhea? No. I would hope no. Not. Wow, but thank you for going there. Um <laughs> I think more sexual than that. Yeah. Really? I well, because because I don't think that Allison G would have thought that your diarrhea may not be precious to the world, but it should be precious to you. <laughs> I, I don't. I just don't think out. that's where Allison G was going with that. That's just one man's opinion. I don't think. I, All right, I agree with Adam. Here's I what I want, Tony. Tony. Tony, will you just for a moment play the part of Allison G? Okay. Just okay. kind of you know, do that. Because, do a couple of acting warm-ups if you need to, Tony. But get into that role and follow Paul. All right, direction. so Tony, uh, Tony Anita Hall is now playing the role. Of nobody, Allison G. Uh, Allison, uh, answer the phone. <laughs> Hello, this is Allison G. Hey, Allison, man, this this should be my bubble buffet. Get get it, guacamole in the back seat. Get it, get it. Oh man, that's so. Fucking funny. She making guacamole. It's precious to her. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, you know what, Allison? Uh, you know, i tell you what. I'll, I'll take your address off the call. <laughs> Do we get to hang out after the game, Mike? <laughs> and scene. Uh, let's yeah, hear it for, yeah, for Tony Anita Hall for playing Allison G so ably in that scene. Yeah. I got to really go, Allison. Allison G, I'll I'll, ta- I'll take your phone number and your address off the call. Uh, thanks for okay. thanks for having me. Uh, oh my God, guacamole in the back seat. I get get it. <laughs> I Hopefully, get I it. can meet you behind the bleachers after the game, Mike. 
Oh, oh man, I will make dipping dots. All right, all right, I, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. Uh, cool, Allison. Bye, Mike. I'm pretty sure Mike just said he'd make dipping dots. Um, I don't want to <laughs> even think about that. All right, so um, moving on because I feel we need to. <laughs> Um, so there, there's this one concern about Captain Crinkle's personal hygiene, but there's more. Nobody's have theories about the Broadway star <laughs> Bonnie Burns famously or famously on this show showered with. But she cannot <laughs> reveal the name of this mysterious clean friend. So uh, what do you got, Tony? Yeah, so Phil in Minnesota wrote, after analyzing all the clues that Bonnie has been dropping, there can only be one possible answer to the identity of her shower buddy. It has to be Harold Lipschitz. Of course, we all know him better by his stage name. Pause while Tony Anita Hall Googles it. I did Google it. It's Hal <laughs> Linden. Um, it also explains why he changed his name when there's really no way to improve upon Lipschitz. My guess is that he only assumed another identity after rumors of the Burns Lipschitz stallions began circulating. I know I would have. Let me say one more time, just because it's fun to say. Lipshits. <laughs> oh, Bonnie. Now, Bonnie. Th- now we know that. I I, I want to say that if it turns out this is true, I already suggested that it might be Hal Linden. Hal Bonnie, Linden is so handsome. Absolutely. Did you shower with Hal Linden? He's an ass. I worked with him once. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Hal. I love him. Is he Barney Miller was a great show. <laughs> it Such is. a funny yeah. show. Uh, wow. I thought they were going to guess uh, my guess, which is Zero Mustel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zero Mustel was, was really old in the 90s, if he was even alive. That was insulting. No, Hal Linden was used to being a big star, and so I think he was a little more used to being catered to than I like. So that's why that's why you kicked him out of your had shower. An ego. He sort of had a big ego. He so he would not be my type. Is he dead? So so Bonnie He's gave him dead. a moist Bonnie gave him a moist towelette and tell him to keep walking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it wasn't how Linda uh, Phil, thanks for writing in, but uh I'm sorry. Uh, your guess is wrong, and so you do not win today's prize. That was a good He's guess. Too Phil. Angular. He's too angular for me. Oh, There's he's, a he's really good. You looking like him he's plump. really great in Barney Miller. Um, really young good. people, young people, if you have not seen Barney Miller, find it somewhere. It's a great show. It, it, it never got all the credit it was due. It was a really great show. And, and on that same topic, uh, Bonnie was the guy in the shower, Abe Vigoda. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all I need to ask well, tonight. He, he's a lot less <laughs> angular. No. That's for sure. <laughs> all right. Tony, what else you got? <laughs> for here for mailbag. Oh, oh damn it. Wait, wait, wait. Mailbag. I keep, I, wait. It's not time. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Tony, what else do you have here for us on mailbag? Hygiene edition. You know what that is? You know what this is? This just in. Tony Nita Hall. No. Keep doing no, that, this is, this is This is hygiene edition. 
<laughs> I knew it. It's yeah, the but do you want to just keep doing sh- that fast and rhythmically? Just keep going. It's shower droplets. Oh, I, I like it as a oh. news thing, though. This just in, Tony Nita Hull has a new thing for mailbag. Tony? <laughs> I'm just waiting. She's not going to stop. I've been waiting for two years now. <laughs> Mailbag edition. Go ahead, Tony. Go, go ahead, Tony. Let, <laughs> let it rip. <laughs> Mailbag. Uh, oh, okay. Um, I did it. And, okay. <laughs> Mail. <laughs> this just in. Tony Nita Hull has stalled out in her reading of the Mailbag Hygiene Edition. For more on this, we'll go to Tony Nita Hull. Tony Nita Hull, what is the problem? Yeah, so... um. There's a theory that's really wishful thinking. <laughs> God damn it, Paula. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Tell us about the theory, Tony. Go ahead. Tell us about the theory. <laughs> I don't trust you at all. That's my theory theme song. Whereas this is personal hygiene. Okay, go ahead. I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. Um, Bonnie received a very kind email from one of our nobodies in the book club who wrote, I was just sitting reading Moby Dick and what inexplicably popped into my mind, but who your Broadway 90s hunk might be. I so hope it was Michael Norrie. I know you can't respond. I just like thinking that's who it was, regardless of how wrong my guess might be. Wow, Michael Nuri. He's from. I don't know uh, who he's that been is. On everything. He's on. Um, he was on a lot of TV shows and stuff like uh, The OC, and um, he was on that show my friend was on on Damages. He's he's a he's a handsome actor, and um, I don't know those shows because I watch Breaking Bad. And Columbo <laughs> and Perry Mason and Dick Van Dyke. He was in Flashdance. Yeah, he was in Flashdance, Flash didn't you? He was. Oh, he was the. He was the boyfriend that that she keeps slapping. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we I reviewed that movie together, Paula. Just last I year. I remember. Boy, uh, boy, Michael Norrie can pick him. And and and, <laughs> and not only that. I know Michael Nuri. Oh, well, there oh. you go. He's a super nice coming. guy, but Bonnie Burns, no. I, I have to know. I'll, if you don't tell me honestly, Michael will. Is the man you showered with Michael Nuri? He is not, but he is a lot closer than Hal Linden. Or Zero Mostel. <laughs> or a <Abe> you know, <laughs> Zero Mostel is my favorite. At least we're getting closer. There's- <laughs> There's only one way to tell if Michael Nuri was the man that Bonnie showered with. Bonnie, could we please see your sweatshirt? <laughs> I don't even know what we're doing here. Mailbag. <laughs> Jesus. Well, Michael Nuri was in Victor Victoria on Broadway in the nineties. Yes. Well, so you've you've just googled oh, him. She seems he- to know an awful lot about Michael Nuri, doesn't she? I will she? absolutely ask Michael about that. 
No, it's not Michael Nuri. I'll be the but judge that's of that. Closer. That's pretty closer. But not it's him. closer. Close. Okay, so nobody's if you're out there guessing about the the uh, 80s and 90s star who was also a Broadway star who Bonnie showered with, and then let's remember <laughs> left the shower, <laughs> went to bed, and then left the bed t- to go outside uh, because of a gas attack. Um, <laughs> Which could have been, by the way, you know, that gas attack, Bonnie, um, could have been a uh, warning sign that a headache was coming. A migraine. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, uh, Tony, just so I can make this glockenspiel go away, tell me that's all we have on mailbag. You know what? That's all we have for mailbag. Hi, okay, so that wraps up this week's edition of Mailbag. Mailbag. Hygiene edition. Come, let's practice good hygiene. We will keep our bodies clean and we'll be healthy. I can't believe I have to manage this idiocy every week. Off the All right. Rails. Paula, Paula, Calgon, yeah. take me away. Tell me what's going on in the Poundstone product empire this week. Well, I've been practicing good hygiene and keeping my body clean, if that means anything to you. Uh, I'll tell you what's going on. Adam, yes. come on, practice good hygiene, keep our bodies clean. You know, once you really get rocking out to it, it's kind of pleasant. Come, yeah. come on, everybody now. Come, man, come practice, good, practice hygiene. good hygiene. We will keep our bodies, keep our bodies clean. And we'll be oh, healthy. Gosh. Healthy. <laughs> and we will be with zero mustache. All right. We will all um, be so healthy. We will all, right. all be okay. so healthy. I got one yeah. more guess. George C. Scott. <laughs> oh, now that well, that's would quite possible. He was ninety in the nineties. <laughs> but Bonnie, show me. Like let me just idea. take a moment of. Let me let me see a family feud moment here. Um, Bonnie, show me George C. Scott. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, Paula. You do not win that car. It's it's ironic that she showered with a guy from the Dirty Dozen. Come and practice good hygiene. We will keep our bodies clean. Right. That, just... leads, that leads me to my next guest, Telly Savalas. Come and practice good hygiene. <laughs> I got you, baby. Whatever we will said. keep our bodies clean. Oh, I remember seeing you with a lollipop that time. Oh, oh, I win. I win. <coughs> I'll tell you, Adam. <laughs> all right, all right. Wait, hold on a second, Paula. Paula? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, Telly Savalas, an actor from Jury Dozen, also uh, popularly from Kojak. Uh, Bonnie just got his catchphrase wrong. It was, who loves you, baby, not I got you, baby. Um, but let's see if he is... The celebrity that Bonnie Burns showered with back in the 90s. Bonnie survey says. Oh, I'm sorry, Paula Poundstone. That's two strikes now. And it, I wonder whether you're going to have enough points to get onto the bonus round. But um, once again, not Telly Savalas. Not George C. Scott. You know, um, I've never seen the Paula, show. You're down Family to your last Feud. strike. So you'd make, you should make this one count. I've never seen the show Family Feud. Do they, like, if you get all the answers wrong, do you have to switch family members? Is that a yes. thing? <laughs> yes, you do. 
But you do only get three strikes. So you're down to your right. last guess as to who your manager and good friend and our producer, Bonnie Burns, showered with in the 90s. Broadway actor Paula for all the marbles, because this is take it or leave it. I'm afraid you've got your entire family counting on you. What is your final guess? Okay. This is this one's gonna sound kind of crazy. Tick tock, tick tock, All right, I'm just gonna say it. William Frawley. Was it William Frawley? <laughs> William Frawley. <laughs> William Frawley. A good guess. Wait a minute. You don't hate you, but you wait till I do that stupid thing. William Frawley right. is a, a popular stage entertainer. Um, he was dead he long before the nineties. In fact, he died in uh, he died in the sixties. Bonnie Burns in the nineties. Did you shower with dead William Frawley? <laughs> Survey says. Oh, I'm sorry, Paula Poundstone. Uh, no, no, don't you remember what he said to you? I'm coming back for one more shower, honey bunch. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, I, I would say that we ran off the rails, but this show has never had any rails to speak of. Uh, oh, oh, my gosh. I, I really want all of us to go on the family feud together as one family. I thought oh that too would be great. That would be that would really be fun. And and I think that we're really America's family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, know. no doubt. <laughs> I think people think of us the way they used to think of the Brady Bunch, you know, we're just America's <laughs> family. Um Yep. <clears throat> Paula, do you have anything going on in the Poundstone product empire this week? Okay, the way they thought of the Brady Bunch in that episode where Marsha couldn't stop Googling and Carol kept showering with strange men, that kind of America's family. Yeah, that's what makes us America's family, because we do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we really are. We, we really are America's family. Um, I'll tell you something, Adam. Poundstone Industries is wowing the business world. At the store at paulapoundstone.com, listeners can find Poundstone Pussy Pillows, the four-inch by five-inch catnip filth pillows with a cat joke on one side and autograph to your cat on the other side. Plus, the Poundstone Pussy Pillow, every cat's favorite, has a grommet through the top so you can attach a string and drag it for Bobo, Randall, or Fluffy. Listeners can also go to cameo.com slash Paula P33 and order a video message from me to anyone you want. And keep in mind, I'm part of America's family. Heidi. <laughs> well, I'm part, of, I'm part of America's family, too. And uh, uh, remember that you can catch me on the Stereo app um, every week doing the uh, Starburn Sports simulcast with comedian Jeff Cesario, who is just amazingly funny. Uh, we just did the NBA All-Star Game. We're doing pro golf. Uh, you don't want to miss this because how else are you going to be able to get through pro golf? All Honestly. right, subscribe to, I know, subscribe <laughs> to this podcast. It's free. You'll get it every week at no charge. And if there's a subject or topic that you'd like to know more about, tell us. We're at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. Once again, that's nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our show. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam DeFelber. Special thanks to our guest, Dr. Stephanie Nahas. And Yay! thanks to our house band, Jim Ross. 
Paula's Yay! old friend, Jim Ross. Yay! Our show oh, is produced by Paula fabulous. Poundstone, who's Jim's old friend. Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hall. Mixing by Michael Hoagie. Starburns production by the inimitable Land Romo. Transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? We really are America's family. We really are. You know, um, my friend Jim Ross is a, 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 a world-renowned uh, French horn player, and uh, he's the conductor of the Alexandria Orchestra, uh, and, uh, you know, he's Maestro James. And I'm wondering if he's going to be able to um, play for us the... Uh, no, I think the mailbag personal hygiene song. No, I think that's uh, probably a little bit above his skill level. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Paula, you make it sound so easy. But, uh... Yeah, but you know what? That's the thing. When you're good at something, people don't realize all the hours of practice that go into it. Yeah, yeah it almost feels like there's no practice at all that went into this. So I've really pulled off that feeling, yeah, right? Yeah, you total yeah. success. Yeah. But in fact, hours and hours and hours. Personal hygiene. I now have one more possible cause of headaches. Podcast Network. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for.